Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. It is Sunday, May 7th, 2023. It's raining outside and gives us a bit of a break from all the work we've been doing, including uh, creating 16 new hives from hives that have survived and we're not finished yet. And I'm going to go through the week a bit and explain a few things and uh, hopefully we can all learn together from uh, the amazing honeybees. So as the weather broke and it was uh, sunny out and warm, um, the realization, according to the Darwinian bee black box technique, we needed to split the surviving hives. Now, it's May, but I still think we're a week or two behind because of the cold spring. So it was a bit of a challenge to figure out, you know, should we do this? Should we not do this? Um, where are the bees at? So the first day I split nine, then I split seven. And yesterday, although it was warmer, uh, the breeze off the lake was cold, so I didn't open. I had I had a few left to do, but because of the breeze, I I didn't want to chill the brood at all, which we know causes problems for them. So I didn't do anything uh, with the other two or three hives. I will be, including the, the video uh, 24-7 hive, I'm going to take the top box frames and create a split from those as well. It's been a really amazing experience opening the hives, and we did a lot of videos that are in the library that I've got to edit, um, including probably the scariest one, which is where I take a circular saw and take um, medium frames and, and shake the bees off and then cut those frames in half and use an elastic to put them onto a warre hive. I have two warre hives that we're trying to populate, and... Uh, that was quite an experience. I don't have any skills as far as, you know, fixing things or using saws or anything like that. So I, I was quite amazed at uh, how that day turned out. But it was uh, uh, an interesting experience. And we will be doing a couple more warre hives probably in four weeks with our next uh, split. So as I walked around the farm and started splitting the hives, a couple of things really seemed to come out. The treatment of bees with formic acid didn't seem to have an impact. In fact, those hives, most of them did not survive. Um, and I think it has to do with the impact on the queen, not so much the bees. It seems that those hives made it through the winter, but then appeared to have some um, queen issues. Uh, the thymol hives did survive, but I'm not sure the way I placed the the the, the time uh, up in the top boxes of uh, really made a big difference. I think, if anything, it may have had a negative influence. It may have helped a little bit, but we're not seeing any real significant issues so far with uh, mites. I'm sure they're there. They will be everywhere. You can't get rid of all of them, and I'm sure we're going to experience losses. But the point of it is the bees seem to really be um, variable in how they're responding. And you don't know. See, here's the problem. You don't know if the slower hives are going to do better in other years or this is a year that is typical so that the hives that are really thriving are the ones that will survive in the future. So one thing was obvious, the two swarm hives that came in 
and chose to live in two of our Langstroth hives on their own, including the one where the top box was somewhat ajar all winter, where there was a tiny opening of the entire length of the hive, and they seemed to enjoy that for some bizarre reason. Um, they survived. They put in propolis, and that probably had nothing to do with their survival, but they are absolutely incredible. Uh, a bit aggressive, but they are really, really uh, doing well. We had two of those, and I'm not sure there are probably some mutt species that created themselves through a swarm or, or through some other process, but um, we did split them twice, so I created four new hives from those two um, swarm hives plus the two originals, so we have six and and two of them went into the the one hive went into the war a hive through that circular saw technique that i'll explain in future videos so please subscribe to our youtube video uh and also there's clips on instagram but youtube our youtube video at wildflower bee farm is really where you'll see the whole version of the entire process so so doing that and walking around and, and really amazed also some of the five framers that survived the winter so we had a total of I believe four out of the five um, Zabo, which is from uh, Dr. Zabo near Guelph, was the original founder of this strain of bees. And they've been living in the Guelph area for a very long time. So genetically, they are, you know, apparently um, acclimated to the um, temperature in Ontario here. And it's actually colder in Guelph than it is here. So that may have had something to do with it. The um, four um, original hives from BLB Honey in Dresden, the Buckfest Carney combo seem to really do well. Um, they're still grinding. Um, did splits on those as well. I did splits on all of them, but those really seem to be grinding. One of the disappointments is the Saskatraz, and I think part of it is because the queens actually came from California. They're Saskatraz queens, so they have the genetics of the Saskatchewan, uh, you know, breed that was supposed to have been genetically worked on or selected to help with varroa mites. Now, we do have some that survived, and we have um, split those. Uh, I believe we have a total of four Saskatraz on the farm now. Uh, Carney, it's too early to tell because we had two hives. Now, remember, I say those words, but they're probably mutts because last year they would have um, swarmed, split, all those things, and, and they wouldn't be the original genetics anyway. So I'm simply using that as a reference point. So remember, we can't really tell after six weeks what we have in a hive because so many things do happen. Uh, so they're probably not as exciting yet. We don't know. I have a two that were started off as carnies and i'm going to have to have a look at them this week and see one i suspect isn't doing well the queen the other one i'm not sure uh, if it's doing well we'll split it if not we'll leave it and and just end up seeing what happens so back to the five framers i was quite amazed that that, that they survive the winter and a very cold spring uh one um five framer that had another five frame on top that i'm watching is the one i did a video on which was um on Instagram and on our YouTube channel where I look at the the hive and it looks like there's nothing in it and then sure enough in the top bar the queen uh, top box the queen is laying so I had a look at them yesterday and they seem to be rocking so that would be an incredible survival story because when I opened it up there was there was a little bit of nectar a little bit of pollen some brood but 
and probably three frames of, bree, of bees on that five framer. So we'll see what happens, but it may be that our five framers, um, if you put a box above more vertical than horizontal, it's it's healthier for them. And, and I think that way the cluster moves up, and they say this about the warre hive, the cluster moves up and consumes more of the honey around it than if it's in a more horizontal hive where sometimes bees have been known to freeze to death um, even though there may be honey a few inches over but the but the brood can't move uh, the, the nest or the cluster can't move over in time to get that honey before they pass there was a strange finding in one of my five framers where it appeared there were three clusters that froze to death so this this hive actually didn't either it, it was queenless or it was um, um, just a just a messed up hive. I have no idea. Uh, one of the Saskatraz hives that I'm going to be uh, I did split, but it was very bizarre because the the bees were looking like they were being robbed. There were a lot of dead bees in the front of the hive. Uh, when I opened it up, there was brood, and and it looked like there was a functioning queen, but they were very angry. There was also some supersedure queen cells. So I'm wondering if they were queenless, had requeened. And the problem is there are not a lot of drones out there yet, so I'm not sure how that's going to turn out. But, man, what, a, what an education this week. So with the attempt on the war hive, now next week what we're going to do is we're going to actually be putting, we don't do many of these. We probably do three or four boxes a year, honey boxes. There are a couple of hives that probably need some honey boxes. And we're also going to look at the swarm that moved into the top bar hive, and we're going to split that. I've never split a top bar hive before. Um, and that is going to be somewhat of a challenge. In a cleanup mode, I also went and I have three other top bar hives that did not have bees in them last year. The bees had, didn't make it, and mice moved in, and we all know how horrible of a situation that can be as far as cleanliness. So I went in yesterday, and I, these are three boxes, and I'm, as, I, as I've said, not very handy, but I took all my equipment and tools and everything and cleaned them all out. We also put a mice, mouse guard on the front of all of them uh, using this wire that uh, exterminators use, lets the bees in but not the, not the mice. And we've also uh, picked up 14 or 15 um, mouse excluders, if you will, that we've installed on 10 framers. And I'm going to leave them on all year. Um, this is a reclamation project so we have so much wildlife here uh, the population of field mice moles other critters pretty much everywhere so so we're going to be eventually going to a full front sort of um, uh, mouse exclusion or, or and, and the interesting part when I looked at the size they say that we don't have them here yet but those huge hornets can't fit in there too I'm not sure yet you might want to correct me if that's true but uh, that appears to be also the case so we're going to gradually and the bees seem so far what i could see it's only been a couple days seem to be handling it fine i'm not seeing a lot of pollen there's some things online that says sometimes the pollen gets knocked off their feet if they're going through those uh, small openings but i haven't seen that yet i imagine if it does fall bees will pick it up and take care of it so i'm not worried about it but it's uh, certainly per preferable also help them relax a little bit because they really don't need mice in there if they cluster in october november and, um, you know, mice get in, uh, it's not great for them, uh, nor the hive. It increases their anxiety level, which again leads to the problem. So this week we're going to hopefully finish splitting uh, a couple of the hives, having a look at our 24-7, also getting the um, 
Um, top bar hive split, probably Wednesday, it looks like the weather's going to warm up. That's going to be a bit of a challenge because we can't take the hive beside the other hive because it's so heavy. So what we're going to do is probably find a container where we can hang the frames um, in, a, in some type of enclosed box while we walk it over to the top bar hive and then simply put the bars in and shake in the rest of the bees. So that'll be a really interesting experience. Now, when I looked at the Warre hive transfer from Langstroth to Warre, I did look at something called a shook swarm. And if you've done a shook swarm, it's basically what it just is, what it sounds like. You shake in the entire contents of a beehive into another hive box. You take the frames and you, you give those to other hives for I'm not sure why, because often it's done when there's disease or fear of too many varroa mites, but let's assume they're healthy healthy frames. If not, you would not do that and, and just leave them, which I think is a problem. And that's one of the issues I had with the whole idea of a shook swarm. Uh, and then the bees eventually will, um, if you have food there, a couple frames of honey, the bees will then start to create their own world. Couple of final thoughts on the on on that. So I, I have not done a shook swarm. I'm not sure I ever will, but I did do some more research. I couldn't find any real easy ways to do the um, Langstroth to Warry conversion. There are boxes out there. There's different techniques people talk about. But I was even going to use screws. But I thought, you know, the bees only need a couple of days probably to start propolizing the little pieces of frame that I've cut into the frames, the medium frames that have the brood on it and some of the resources. So they can then start creating uh, new queens in their own world. So we'll have to see how that turns out. Um, uh, we'll know in about four weeks if uh, those hives are functional. So this is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel because it's very helpful. It helps us keep getting things out there. And that's Wildflower Bee Farm on YouTube. Uh, have an amazing week. Lots to talk about. I look forward to reporting back next week. Have a great one. Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today. <laughs>